Mike. Glad you could join me for some great seafood. Me too. Wait, why are you dressed in fishing gear? You said we were going out to catch great seafood, right? Yes, to Popeye's. Do you even know how to fish? No, I thought you did. Oh yeah, I could catch pretty good seafood at Popeye's. Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants. The Mind Aware, 212. Well, it starts with you feeling good. So excited to have 15 to 30 minutes of just pure fun right now. This is going to be good. Yay! I love that. <laughs> oh, that sounds nice. I'd like that. I'll mm. get that for myself right now. Be perfect every minute of every day. Never have another drop of sugar. Because I think if you say that to people, everybody's going to freak out. Hi, Dana. It's great to see you. I mean, not see you, but be with you today. <laughs> What I found to be the secret. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be great? I love it. You know, when you're clear, what you choose to show up in your life will and only to the extent that you're clear. That's the amazing capacity of the human mind. Hello, everyone. This is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show, and welcome. So have you ever wanted to do something really radical, but you were afraid to do it? Or have you ever thought, you know, I'm a nonconformist, and I want to follow a different path, but I don't know how to do it? Or maybe you've got a new book out, and you say, hey, how is it that I can pave the way and get more publicity or get more traction, because you know what? I've got the most interesting guest today. You are going to be so fascinated. I just had to interview this guy, and you know, you're going to have to excuse me, but at my age, I, I want to keep saying I had to interview this kid the second I heard about him. You know, he just turned 20, but when I first heard about him, he was 19. He's out there. He's not only written his first book, but he's really gotten some serious traction for it. He's getting it endorsed. I mean, if you went to his website, any of you out there who are like wanting to build your business as coaches or authors, you look at this website and go like, how did this kid do this so fast? How is it? And how is he out there getting interviews? Like I was so impressed when we heard from him. I thought, you know what? I want to talk with him because he's out there doing a lot of things, right? He's doing it at such a young age. And I think it will be so interesting to hear his story. So please help me welcome to the call, Jake Heilbrunn. Hi, Jake. Hi, thank you so much for that extremely kind introduction. Well, it's so good to have you here. You know, now I know your book, Off the Beaten Trail, is actually out and available today, and I'm going to tell everybody about how you can get it for free, the whole book, in just a little while. So sit tight on that. But I want to kind of start back from there, because this book is a story of a trip that you took through Central America and kind of what you learned. Is that right? Absolutely, yeah. And so tell me a little bit about how that happened. You know, how at age 19 did you just say, like, okay, I think I want to drop everything. I want to drop out of school, and I want to put on a backpack and go to Central America. Yeah, well, like a lot of kind of soul-searching journeys, it started from a low place. I started college. I was 17 years old. I started at the Ohio State University. And I grew up in San Diego, so of course I'm always asked, why the heck did you choose Ohio? 
But um, I was very fortunate to grow up in San Diego. I loved it. I love California. But for me, I wanted to experience something new. I felt like I was ready for something else. I visited Ohio State. I loved the spirit. They had a great financial package. So I thought, perfect, would love to go here. And three days after arriving, I broke out in hives all over my legs and arms, and they were really uncomfortable. And unfortunately, almost every day for the rest of the semester, I kept breaking out in these aggravating rashes and hives, like all over my body. And I had no idea why I saw doctors, immunologists, dermatologists. I had the whole thing, the pills, creams, tests, and they didn't know what was wrong. So they diagnosed me with chronic urticaria, which is just a fancy name for saying, here, kid, your skin's freaking out and we don't know why. So here's a name for it. <laughs> and, you know, being told you have chronic anything is a sinking feeling because it implies forever. And I remember, you know, about a month or so into this semester, I kept breaking out. I didn't really know too many people, but I'd made some friends and I was doing well in my classes. But I was unbelievably anxious and unhappy. And I never knew, like anxiety was just a word to me. And then I got to school and it turned into this ball that would like, you know, climb up my throat and make it hard to speak. And, you know, the blessing that I didn't see at the time, but now is I started to question my path. And I realized that I was living a life sort of based on the, the expectations of other people, just going down the path that was prescribed for me and never questioned it. And I realized that I had no passion for what I was doing, although I was doing it well and working really hard. I was unbelievably unfulfilled, and for whatever reason, this disconnect between the life I was living and the life I wanted to live was manifesting in a chronic skin condition. Right. And it all changed. Um, I, I had always had this passion and this desire to go travel. Like, it, it didn't make sense to anyone. I just, like, at night, I would lay in my bed, and I would look at the ceiling and imagine myself traveling. And I could feel the adrenaline in my veins, like, as if I was actually there. And I couldn't understand why it just... It sounded so appealing for me to just experience another way of life and to live in another culture with a local family. And I debated back and forth, but I, I've always kind of stuck to the rules. I've always done what was expected of me. And then everything changed one night, and it was the first night back for the second semester, and Ohio State was in the national championship football game. And for any of the listeners who don't know, college football in Ohio is a big deal. <laughs> And they won the game and people went crazy. And I remember waking up the next morning feeling miserable. I grabbed my phone and I had all these texts and calls from family and friends congratulating me, saying how happy they were for me. And everyone around me seemed to be so happy. And I wasn't. And it was an awful feeling because I felt like I was portraying this image to the world. And inside I was, you know, anxious and depressed. And I hated hiding that. And I saw this career counselor who I'd seen a couple times the first semester trying to figure out what I wanted to study, although it quickly turned into almost therapy, where I just would tell her about what was I was experiencing. And she asked me two questions that changed my life. And I've used these questions in every major life decision since. And the first, she said, if you travel and leave school, what is the worst thing that could happen? And of course, uh, in my mind, I had extrapolated this to some point where I would never, ever get hired by anyone. If I did this, I'd become this huge loser who would never amount to anything. And when I said this aloud to her, I was almost laughing because I realized my fears and thoughts were just that, fears and thoughts. But by keeping them in, it was paralyzing me from having the clarity to move forward. And then she looks at me and says, you keep thinking about the worst thing, but what about the best thing that could happen? And so I, I had this like 
image. I imagined myself traveling in this foreign country and living with this local family and experiencing these different ways of life and coming back from the experience so inspired that I could make a difference in my community and maybe even write a book about it. And it was in this moment that I, I saw that image and I said, I'm going to leave school and travel. And it, it really, like that image guided the rest of my life up to where I am today. I love it. Tony Robbins talks about how our lives change in an instant. And for me, it took me maybe five or six months to get to that instant. But when I took the time to consciously envision the life that I would be most proud to live, and I immersed myself in that state of consciousness as opposed to the worst case, and I weighed the worst case, it, it was freeing. And then I, and that was the decision. I came home a couple of days later, and then I started doing the research to, to find out where I wanted to travel. That's, it's just awesome. And I, I love your story because you've given enough already that people could go forward. They could take what you've said and they could realize their own dreams. So it's awesome. I think you know, cause I've shared with you as well that I had a real similar story. I was 26 when I did it. But it was the same kind of a thing where one day I just woke up and I said, what am I doing? And I also ended up in Central America. I just bought a ticket. We didn't have phones then, but I didn't have any Spanish knowledge. I remember on the plane with the phrase book thinking, okay, now I'm going to study Spanish <laughs> just before I land. Like, that's what that kept me by. And so what made your decision Central America? Why? Why Central America of all places? I started doing research, and originally I was thinking about Southeast Asia and Central America. They were kind of the two regions I was exploring. I wanted to go to a third world country to start, and I wanted to go to a place. I had a little under 4000 bucks, so I wanted. I didn't know how long I wanted to travel, but I knew I wanted to make it last. And Central America and Southeast Asia were affordable. But then something was just drawing me towards Latin America. I played soccer for 14 years, so I know how big that is in Central America. And I'd watched this documentary about people living on a dollar a day in Guatemala. And I read a book called Into the Wind about a guy who traveled to Guatemala as he started his journey. And something just drew me there. And I found this opportunity on a website called Workaway, which is essentially like a travel exchange site where you can link with hosts all over the world. And that was perfect for me because I wanted no structure. I wanted to escape like the confines of a system. And this was perfect because... It's not like a, an organization in the sense that I just connected with the host. I sent him an email and he's like, come on over. It wasn't organized. He sends me like this three line email saying, whatever your skill set is, the people of the 10 need your help. That was the like the title. And I'm like, OK, I'm 18. I have no professional skills, um, but I want to make a difference in any way I can. So I offered I could teach English because they had a lot of volunteers teaching English and soccer. And so he said, awesome, come on over. And he sends me this three-line email saying, when you get there, take a taxi to the bus station, hop on a nine-hour ride to this town, take a taxi here, and then ask for Chris the Gringo because the homes have no addresses. That's great, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, I love it. Yeah. And then I have no phone either. Um, I didn't bring a phone. So, and I didn't know Spanish other than Ola and Gracia. So it was a whole journey getting there. Oh, it's so great. And the, the thing that's uh, nice in that story, too, and the thing that I love about travel is just your willingness to just jump into the abyss and trust. And so when you went, did you know that you were going to write a book or did you have it in the back of your mind while you were traveling? Were you thinking like, oh, this would be a good story for the book? Or did you kind of have that bigger vision at the time? Yeah, when I so sitting in that career counselor's office, I had the initial idea and going throughout. I've always loved to write. That was always something I loved. Even in high school, I never thought I could make like a career out, out of it. I never thought that would be possible, but I love to write. So I brought a journal with me 
And I thought, no matter what happens on this journey, I could lose everything, but I am not losing this journal. <laughs> and about two months in, actually, I had, you know, after the experiences I've been having, I had this pretty incredible day where I met this man and he took me to this really poor remote village on this other side of the mountain in Lake Athitlan. And we introduced me to this community where a lot of the kids were orphans. Um, they were the post-genocide generation. They didn't even speak Spanish. They spoke this ancient Mayan language. And I had brought stickers with me on my travels to pass out to kids, you know, and also as an incentive for teaching English, I use stickers. And he was going to this village to pass out money so the kids and families could buy food. They lived in these like cylinder block huts with dirt floors. And a lot of the, almost all the kids I saw had no shoes, cuts on their faces, covered in dirt on their clothes. And I was like, can I pass out the stickers? And he said, of course. And I remember passing out the stickers. The kids would look at me first, almost like stoic, like this unemotional stillness on their face. And then when I would give them the stickers, they just lit up and they started laughing and like holding the stickers in the air and like reflecting it off the light. And it blew me away how something so small as a sticker could create such bliss in someone's life. And I realized in that moment that it was not about the sticker necessarily, but about showing that someone cared. And I started thinking about the potential I had within me and that we all have within ourselves to make a difference in someone's life. And then that afternoon, a couple friends, we went to this cacao ceremony in the town we were living in. There's apparently this world-renowned cacao shaman. And, you know, part of traveling for me is embracing experiences with an open mind. And this dude looks like a six-foot-five skinny version of Dumbledore, like straight out of The Hobbit, long, wispy white hair, circular glasses, wearing this, like, psychedelic shirt. I felt like I time-traveled back to Woodstock, right? Like, (laughs) it was this whole scene... And he starts talking about how cacao, which is like the purest form of chocolate, can help people unbirth these realizations and reveal traumatic experiences. And about an hour and a half into the ceremony, he guides us through this visualization where he tells us to just smile and close our eyes and imagine this ball of white light. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is kind of weird, <laughs> a little cheesy, but I, I did it. And he just kept saying, fake it till you make it. And I had, this was the second time in my life where I took the time to consciously get in touch with myself. First was at Ohio State with a career counselor. The second was with this cacao shaman. And I had this image of I was speaking on a stage wearing a white shirt with a book in my hand. And this MC introduced me. And I was speaking about this book that I would write that was inspiring all these people to have the courage to listen to their inner voice and take a leap of faith in pursuit of their dreams. And... It was in that moment where I decided this book was no longer an idea. It was a purpose-driven mission because what I had experienced the past two months, leaving my unfulfilling path and paving a new one, coupled with the events of passing out the stickers that day and realizing the potential I had within me to make a difference, I knew it was going to happen. And last week, I spoke at my book launch party in front of 100 people wearing a white shirt. <laughs> and, I, of course, I like I laughed. I was like, oh, yeah, I wore a white shirt intensely, but... That was 16 months ago I had this vision, and it literally guided me. And so what I find fascinating looking back is these two moments in my life where I took the time to get in touch, and I immersed myself in the state of consciousness of the best possible scenario, it guided my life, and it's it's just been fascinating. That's golden. I'm telling you, everybody, if you don't take anything away except what he said about what is the best thing that could happen, I mean, that will just change your life. Just getting into that, that state of consciousness is perfectly put, Jake. This is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show. We're having an awesome talk with Jake Heilbrunn, and I want to give you some information because you can get his book for free today. That's my favorite price, but you've got to do it today. 
It's off the beaten trail. Off the beaten trail, a young man's soul-searching journey through Central America. You can check him out, too, at his website, which is jakeheilbrun.com. Now, let me spell his last name, H-E-I-L-B-R-U-N-N, two N's at the end, dot com. Go check him out. If you happen to be seeing this exactly or hearing this on the air date of November 3rd, you can get his book for free. But if not, honestly, pick it up on Amazon. Head over to Amazon and check it out because it's really like, isn't this inspiring to hear this story? And I'll tell you, part of the reason why I wanted to talk to Jake is I remember being 19 years old and having a lot that I wanted to say and feeling like uh, I was living in a culture that didn't necessarily want to listen to young people and feeling like, you know, I would have to wait until I was older to share some of the things that I was coming in touch with. And so I, I think it's really cool, like watching these new generations come in and they're so in tune and plugged in and tapped in and living things now. And in fact, that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Jake specifically about writing the book and then how did he get it in the hands of people like Jack Canfield and getting endorsements like that. I mean, it's just amazing what he's doing. So sit tight. We're going to be right back. What's going on with you? You seem so up all the time, and your business is on fire. What are you doing? I started Train Your Brain You. It's the only program for entrepreneurs that addresses mindset and business growth strategies. The idea behind the program is that when you feel good, you act great, and it's awesome. You can check it out at trainyourbrainu.com, and that's trainyourbrainu, the letter U, dot com. Is it expensive? Seriously, it's like you're a whole different person. It's only a dollar a day, and you get all the latest tools to help you stay positive and grow your business. You would love it. Where do I go again? TrainYourBrainU.com. That's TrainYourBrainU, the letter U, dot com. Check it out today. Hi, this is Anna Wild with the Mind Aware Show. We are talking to Jake Heilbrunn, and we are having such a good conversation. I want you to go check out his book, Off the Beaten Path, over on Amazon today. Check it out right away. Get yourself a copy because I'm telling you, this kid's tuned in, like he's tapped in. And so let's figure out what are those to-do steps that he's doing to propel things forward. One of the things we talked about before the break that I thought was really useful, and he mentioned it again and again, is really tapping into that best case scenario, getting into the state of mind or consciousness of like, what if this thing I want could happen? What if the best case scenario played out and tuning into that feeling place that dictates? And so let me ask you, Jake, when you came back, you had your journal to rely on and you like to write. So I'm assuming getting the book done was probably a reasonably easy process for you. But now when it gets done, how did you think to promote it? Because a lot of people write a book and then they, they don't do anything with it. They're like, okay, here I am. I'm an author. But you seem to have the wherewithal to know, like, you've got to get it in the hands of important people. You want to get it promoted. You got on this show. You're out there beating the path to get media. Like, how did that come together? How did that happen? Yeah, well, after writing the book, which was a process in and of itself, I realized, and of course, you know, outsourcing. So I self-published the book. And the great thing is today is you can self-publish a book and people can't tell the difference if you spend the time 
and an effort in, to make sure it's a quality product. So I knew how important it was to, you know, make sure it was the best quality. So I hired this freelance editor who used to work for John Wiley, who is really talented. And I made sure to do my due diligence and research to figure out cover design and all those different aspects. And when it came to terms of promotion, I read a book called Influence, which is Robert Cialdini. I believe that's how you pronounce yeah. it. But he talks about, you know, different elements of how you can influence people. And one of the things that stuck with me was social proof. And when I started on this book, I just it's hard to explain this feeling I have. I knew this book was going to change people's lives and I knew it was going to resonate with people. It was this knowingness deep within me. And it was I had no doubt in my mind. But the problem is. I needed to convince other people of that before they read the book because I need to make a way for people to trust me. And so social proof is just a re reality of the world we're living in, especially with this noisy social media world. So I knew that I had to reach out to certain influencers and there were, I made a whole list of people I wanted to reach out to and I really dreamed big here and I had some big ones like Drew Brees, Jack Canfield and Chris Gillibo. And I ended up giving the book to all three of them. And I actually got two responses from Jack and Chris, who both read the book. And Chris's was honestly the most unfancy, unsexy way to do it. I just wrote on his contact page on his website, and he responded. And it was just a genuine, heartfelt email. I told him how his book had inspired me, The Art of Nonconformity, and how I really look up to him. And I told him about my story, and he said, I received 50 book review requests a month, but... I would like to make an exception for you because I think your story sounds amazing. So I just shipped it to him, and this was a beta copy. Something I learned was you don't have to send the final product. You want to make sure it's you know, good quality, but I explained to him this isn't the final product. And he responded a week and a half later with this blurb that he loved the book, and that was awesome. And, uh, a lot of the other ones didn't go as smoothly. So I first heard Jack Canfield speak about a year ago at this conference in November in Philadelphia, and this was at the time where I just read the success principles and I started using Jack's teachings, which are unbelievable. It's a book I would highly recommend to everyone. And I just was so inspired. I met Jack and I was blown away by his humility. Like after I waited in line like an hour just to shake hands with him and he just gives you the time of day and like talks to you as if you really care and he cares what you have to say. And I, I was just blown away by that. And so that was in November. And then in March of 2016, I was on my Facebook to, and, and I had written down my goals, right, to get it signed by Jack. And in my newsfeed, this thing pops up that says, one day to greatness in Los Angeles, Jack Canfield. And I don't even hesitate because I've written down my goals so my subconscious knew, like, what I was looking for. So I don't hesitate. I purchased a $99 ticket. I didn't have a car at this point, and I, my book was no, nowhere near finished. And, but I was so determined to get to this event in June and to give Jack my book. And so I scramble, I get the, a very, very beta version of my book. It doesn't even have a back cover. I go to Jack's event. After the eight-hour event, I wait three hours in line to be the very last person. And I give Jack my book with my letter, and he remembered my name. I was like, oh, my God, this guy remembers my name? Like, <laughs> you, you know, he meets thousands of people. And I just told him how he inspired me, and I gave him the book. And he said, that's awesome, Jake, congrats. You know, no guarantees that I'll be able to read the book. I mean, Jack is <laughs> gets swarmed with people. But on the day of my book launch last week, I get this email from Jack that he had read the book and, and it's the endorsement. And I was blown away because this was five months after I gave him the book. I thought I was totally OK that he didn't endorse it or read it. You know, he's a busy guy. But it's just I guess the biggest thing is 
you have to get no's to get to the yes. And so I had sent out tons of emails to like Don Miller, um, Drew Brees. I gave a book to the NFL quarterback. I found out like I found out all these ways and, you know, you get a lot of no's, but a couple people will say yes. So it's sort of a numbers game. Well, and the other thing, Jake, is that you did the same things where you're saying you have a vision of what you want. And you're taking action even before you have a finished product. I mean, I think a lot of people, they want to wait until everything's perfect and it's 100% good, and then they revise and revise and revise, and then they start promoting. And what you're saying is, no, look, at I'm already thinking about this. I'm already promoting. People will figure it out. I can tell them this isn't a finished product yet, but here's where I'm going. Because the truth is they're not even really buying the book. What they're buying is you and they're buying your enthusiasm and your vision of where it's going. You know, who doesn't want to get on that ride? You want mm-hmm. to get on that fun ride. It's contagious. And I think if people have a little bit more of that and a little bit less of there are no typos in my manuscript, you're going to go a lot further with that enthusiasm. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, like, the book was by no means perfect, but I made sure to do the due diligence that the text – was quality and you know you're right it might have had a couple errors but the substantial part of it was I'd made sure that it was you know pretty solid but at that point you're right like you we if we wait for perfect we're never going to get started exactly and you don't even have to wait till it's out like you're just a textbook case study of how to launch and promote a book and I can hardly wait to sit down and read it myself and I'm sure everybody can you just tell already like you could talk to this kid all day right <laughs> it's just awesome and I really appreciate you being here Jake any parting advice for everybody before we leave I guess just the overarching message of the book which is just have the courage to listen to your inner voice and take that leap of faith because it's in the process of doing what we love and what calls out to us where we find that happiness I really love that. Leap of Faith, too, is really key. Thank you so much. That's really awesome. Thank you for having me on. (laughs) You bet. I want to remind everybody, head over to Amazon and check this out. Right off the beaten path, this is Jake Heilbrunn. And listen to what he says because you know what? You can start this right now. You can start this today, what he's talking about. He's talking about having a little trust. Take that leap of faith. When you have that feeling, you know if you're feeling happy or if you're feeling like this isn't what I want for my life. And sometimes it feels like you can't, quote unquote, can't do anything. But you know what? You can. And it starts the same way it started for Jake with a decision. Just make the decision because once you make that decision, then that has a life of its own and it gains energy. Don't worry about what the worst thing that could happen is. Take a moment to think about it because you know what? You're going to laugh at yourself just like he did. Think about the best thing that could happen and then get into that state of consciousness because once you're there, once you're in that feeling place, look out. Nothing can hold you back. That reticular activating system is going to start matching up all sorts of good stuff coming on your radar and then you're on your way and start now, start today because you know what? You can. You can start right now today and we'll see you next time on The Mind Aware. Ready, fire, aim. I can do anything I want with my life and no one can stop me. Once you shift these habits and you do it long enough, it becomes so easy and natural. I am on a ball in outer space. I bet you try salad tomorrow for breakfast after hearing this. Get a tattoo on your forehead that says shift your focus. It'll make it so easy. Music comes from the space between the notes. 
Bam. That's it. No truer words have been spoken. I love it. What kind of business do you want? Do you want a brick and mortar or do you want a click and order? I want people to practice good legal hygiene. I'm a foodie too. Hey, Mike. Glad you could join me for some great seafood. Me too. Wait, why are you dressed in fishing gear? You said we were going out to catch great seafood, right? Yes, to Popeye's. Do you even know how to fish? No, I thought you did. Oh, yeah, I could catch pretty good seafood at Popeye's. Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants. <laughs> 